You Can't Say That is a sociology podcast that poses more questions than answers. Join your hosts, doctors, Nama Carlin and Melanie White in a journey to make the familiar unfamiliar. Welcome to You Can't Say That, a sociological podcast that has more questions than answers. I'm Dr. Nama Carlin and with me is Dr. Melanie White. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Nama. How are you? Great. Yes, well, we're here because we are sociologists. Yes. We are teachers. Absolutely. And we are theorists. We are. And we are bringing all of these three things together into this podcast. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am an expert in the classics. And sometimes people misunderstand and think, oh, Melanie, you must know Homer's The Odyssey or Plato's The Republic very, very well. And I yeah, think unfortunately. You read like Aristotle every night before you go to bed. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> Melanie. This Melanie, actually, um, when I'm talking about the classics, I refer to the sociological classics. And because sociology is a relatively new discipline, Uh, It means the classics from the early 19th century up through to the mid-20th century. The late 19th century? Like, who who are you reading? Well, so the early 19th century, so that would be somebody like Auguste Comte, Mm -hmm. um, who invented the term sociology. Oh, wasn't that, that wasn't Durkheim? No, no, it was it was Auguste Comte. Although uh, We've that been lied to <laughs> that provenance has been uh, has been challenged. So, um, yeah, cutting late, breaking news. <laughs> Auguste Comte <laughs> is said to have invented the term sociology, but actually, critics suggest that no, in fact, someone else did. And let me think. Um, Durkheim, you, you mm-hmm. mentioned. So Durkheim is sort of uh, late nineteenth, mm-hmm. early twentieth uh, century. And there are a bunch of other zany, interesting figures in between that, uh, that I enjoy. So I read more contemporary stuff. I, my, my main interest really is uh, the work of Jacques Derrida. I teach uh, Marx, uh, feminist theories, intersectionality, things that are slightly more, more contemporary. You know, I think maybe we should tell our listeners a little bit about why we've come to this podcast. Absolutely. I think that one of the issues with sociology, sociological knowledge, all these things that we kind of, we train ourselves, it's a, it's a way of thinking and seeing, seeing the world, the sociological thinking and training that we felt would, would be exciting to extend to an audience that isn't trained in sociology, that isn't trained in this kind of uh, uh, sociological mind. So we're here to make this form of education that's usually reserved for universities, accessible, available to all, access to sociological theory in a way that isn't um, laborious, kind of tiresome. Uh, there's no essay or exam at the end, although maybe we should have one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I like that. I mean, I think one of the, the exciting things about doing um, this podcast, for me at least, is that these ideas have a real resonance and a, a currency with them that there's something that I'm hoping that we can really dig into and bring them to light so that even 
than if one hasn't uh, read, heard, or uh, considered Auguste Comte before. I don't even think actually we're going to be treating no. Comte, and I, he's just on my mind because <laughs> I've been been working with him. Uh, you know, even they seem like they are alive. Hear me speak. I have been working with him in my mind. Um, the rationale, really, for the podcast, I guess it comes from this phrase that is really poignant. It's called the sociological imagination. It comes to us from an American sociologist, a mid-20th century American sociologist by the name of C. Wright Mills, who wanted to highlight the capacity for sociologists to make connections between personal troubles, the really real lived experiences of every day that individuals have, and the broader patterned ways in which those experiences are reproduced in society. And so this is one of the things about uh, what it is to be a sociologist, is to make connections between the individual, the individual's experience, and uh, broader societal patterns. And the capacity to do that is to basically demonstrate the sociological imagination. And this is really what Nama and I are wanting to do with this podcast. For the listeners who are thinking, you know, what can I expect from, from this podcast? Well, we are on a mission to make the familiar unfamiliar. Yeah. I think it's about looking at those things that we take for granted and pausing and arresting ourselves. And that's a bit difficult because when we take for granted things, we take them for granted. We don't notice them. We don't question them. We don't interrogate them. So the purpose of the podcast on, on uh, one hand is to uh, press pause and to consider uh, the unfamiliar in all of those things that we, we take for granted. And from there, to use that as a provocation to uncover and investigate um, other sorts of things that we also take for granted. What's the thing that we take most for granted then? You know, th the first thing that comes to my mind is when you asked me that question, I was like, yeah, that would be me. That would be <laughs> me, Melanie. I take that for granted. I take Melanie for granted. That, hi, my name is Melanie, and I can yes. lay claim to oh, classical sociological <laughs> theory. Right? Are you going to do voices too in this podcast? I guess so. I don't know where that voice came from, but it's a bit embarrassing. So, um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. What is? What are the self's characteristics? Hmm. Well, this is the whole idea of the self is is pretty interesting because I think even the language, I have a self mm. or I am a self. What's the difference between having and being? No, this is a very interesting question. I mean, I suppose on the one hand, being a self is a statement about one's, ooh, here's a million dollar word, ontological ground, mm. um, whereas having a self is an expression of certain kinds of attributes that are ascribed to an object like the self or a subject like the self. So there's a difference in the way that we understand what the self is mm. in in that particular context. Well, I think that for a podcast that aims to make the familiar unfamiliar, the self as a starting point is the perfect um, uh, vantage point from which we can really consider, um, you know, what what the self really is, wh what it means to be a self, what it is to have a self, and how do we know that each of us has a self? 
I bet we could spend more than one podcast <laughs> series discussing that. It's amazingly contested, isn't it? I mean, you know, maybe it has some, I mean, if I go back to the question of what makes me Melanie, it's the fact that I have a certain conscious awareness mm-hmm. or certain uh, kinds of, of perceptions. I have a body, a physical, tangible body. That yeah, the body is a very important part of having us. If you, if you don't have a body, then surely mm. you can't have a, a self. Mm. Machines have bodies, though. Yeah, so that's an interesting question, whether or not a machine actually has a self or whether selfhood is only delegated to you and to me. Change is a self a changing category. Is it static? Me, who I am now, is it the same that who I was ten minutes ago or ten years ago? Um, what what informs this self? Or even ten seconds ago? Mm, wow, <laughs> that well, is true. You know, in thinking about that, Nama, I think that we have our our layout for hmm. what we should do in this episode. Okay. First of all, I think that we should think about. What are some characteristics or attributes of the self? Mm-hmm. Like, let's figure out what that is, because otherwise it becomes a really mushy, Ooh, what is the self? I don't know what the self is. And we want to be very... Yeah. Yeah, let's we, be plain. Yeah. You know, let's say, okay, well, there's a series of characteristics or attributes of the self that are commonly assumed or taken for granted. And if we do that, then our next step will say will be to say, okay, well, we can have some sort of provisional definition of the self so that our goal will be to say, okay, let's consider these various attributes, and on the basis of these attributes, we can say, uh, provisionally, a self is defined as dun-dun-dun. Mm, okay. And then we that can... will probably help us set up some of the guiding questions that we'll take up in the rest of the series. Fantastic. So for the attributes of the self, um, I think that some of the key ones, uh, capacity for speech and language, to make a podcast. You can't say that. <laughs> that is good. We're going to work it into every episode. <laughs> but I think it's also the idea of being able to have some kind of historically, or at least philosophically, it's to have a rational capacity for mind. That is to be able to reason that, that selfhood is often typically defined by the capacity to reason. That we exist now in the world, that we have a past, uh, present, um, so this temporal existence, the mm. way that we feel time, we age, the mm. self, the bo- I mean, the body age, ages mm. for sure. So if the self is the body, then surely then the self is this kind of dynamic thing. It's not static. And there's the awareness of others, too, that there's something about having a self or being a self, whatever version one, one adopts, that one needs to be recognized by another, even to be a self. It wouldn't be meaningful, in other words, if it were just me, Melanie, sitting here. It's the fact that you recognize me, that I am Melanie. Mm. And likewise, that I recognize you as Nama, that makes the expression and experience of selfhood meaningful. And that also ties into this uh, notion of agency, capacity to act, that we respond to others, aware of others, aware of ourselves, ability to to act on those. From this this list that we've we've had, it says something very fundamental about what it means to be human. Do you know, isn't that amazing? Because all of these, I think you're right, all of these capacities or attributes are all elements or um, features 
of what has been typically considered human specific. Mm -hmm. So like I'm just going through the list. So capacity for language, capacity for thought, the capacity to have, have ideas, memory, memories. and you know, you mentioned something that was quite interesting about uh, temporal consciousness, this idea of like having a sense of the past or the present or the future and just an awareness of others. All of these elements in various ways, shapes or forms have been considered not just strictly selfhood, mm. but have considered human selfhood. So then we might have a provisional definition of the self then, a mixture of attributes and capacities that define what it is to be human. Can we work with that? Dun, dun, dun. That's it. I think that that's a great starting point. The, the idea that we could provisionally define the self as a mixture of attributes and capacities that define what it is to be human. And I think that that sets up some great questions for us to consider. For the next episodes, the questions that we'll consider, we start off with what is the relationship between the self and being human? Because as we've said, our, our list of, of characteristics of the self really say something that is about you know, being vi like human, human vitality. So what are the limits of the human then? Well, that's it. And I think, you know, each of these capacities, so the capacity for language or the capacity for freedom, that also designates a separation or some sort of line mm -hmm. with those living beings that do not have those capacities. So in other words, it uh, demarcates a line that distinguishes human from non-human animals and non-human beings. So there's something about the question, if selfhood is strictly human, to what extent then can we extend the idea of selfhood to non-human animals or mm -hmm. non-human beings? Is selfhood, in other words, strictly human? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. But I think that I this think we're going to find we, we might be asked. We might be finding out, but we probably won't be, considering we're posing more questions than answers. The thought did occur to me. <laughs> so I think step one: we'll pose the question and uh, and see what we can make out of it in terms of considering some of the thinkers that we've got planned to discuss. So who are the thinkers that we have planned? Well, you've mentioned Durkheim. Yes, um, absolutely. Gotta yeah. I've mentioned Comte, but I don't think actually we're going to be discussing Comte. I don't think that anyone discusses Comte other than you, Melanie. <laughs> but they should. They really should actually. We no, will I don't ra think radicalize them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, uh, I think one starting point, I'm just thinking about the question of rationality and rationality or reason as an attribute or a capacity of the human self. We would be misguided if we didn't take up Descartes. Descartes is the first modern philosopher who advances a conception of selfhood. So definitely on our list. Our starting point. We won't be a sociology podcast if we don't consider Marx. I feel we will have our credentials removed as sociologists. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so Marx will be really fun to discuss. But Marx wrote about capitalism. And, and so what does he say about human selfhood? Well, should we just leave it as a teaser then? Oh, oh, oh I wanted to jump in there. <laughs> I saw you. We, um, we have to have them, leave them waiting, yes. wanting. Well, is this you sort of breaking off little crumbs? Little, these are called little theory crumbs and mm -hmm. sort of, ooh. I think actually uh, we should talk about Freud too. Yeah. Sounds good. 
Freud would be great to discuss. I think we also need to consider... I think people, uh, some people are quite allergic to Freud. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But I feel that the way that we approach Freud and his writing is uh, absolutely fascinating. The, the, his insights to selfhood and, and, and be, being a self, being part of, of society... Um, some very curious insights. Yeah, that will be good. And I think we also need to spend some time uh, with, uh, I was going to say, your boyfriend. No, my husband. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well, I, I wasn't certain about your status. So that is, I, I'm thinking about uh, Jacques Derrida. Absolutely. And, uh, very easy to be married to a dead French guy. Well, um, I didn't want to presume. No. One well, cannot be too careful He these has days. my heart. And Derrida has some very exciting provocations about the question of the self. And you also have a, a sweetheart in this course. Uh, oh, in this course, in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, Henri Bergson. It, doesn't that sound fancy? Bergson. Yeah. I, so Bergson. Bergson. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we need to get my good Canadian accent. Bergson. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll anglicize that because it's easier mm-hmm. and not so fancy. But yeah, he's lovely. Really offers some interesting... Philosopher, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. So he was a contemporary of Durkheim's mm-hmm. in... And in fact, they went to the same... Uh, they went to the same uh, school in, in Paris, and I think Durkheim was a year ahead, if I remember correctly. Wow. So, And they had an intense animosity toward one another. Wow. Yeah, Maybe so, that's why we haven't heard about Bergson at all, because Durkheim yeah. stifled his progress. Yes, I think uh, uh, Durkheim was known as a bit of a bossy pants. So. <laughs> bossy pants? <laughs> I guess. Yes, some version like that. Anyway, so we've got some exciting thinkers to consider. We also have a permatologist yeah that's right we don't know not just sociology not just Mm. philosophy so we uh, consider other disciplines too because when we think of 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 selfhood it's really uh we want to open up this concept so uh, these are some of the theorists we'll consider we start with descartes next week that's it for us for today isn't it yeah that's right thanks so much for listening and we'll look forward to uh, chatting with you next time thanks nama thanks melanie and uh, you can follow us on twitter at you can't say that bye you can't say that is a carlin white collaboration our theme song is from stephen hunt Francesca Rimicheng did our logo. Christo Fuertes is the sociological imagination. We'll see you all next time.